0: Open our eyes, Lord, that we might see. Open our ears that we might hear. Open our mind and our heart that we might understand, so that we will turn to you and live. Amen. Well, our Old Testament reading began this Easter Sunday with the words, For I am about to create something new, new heavens and a new earth. Isaiah, in his sanctified holy imagination, sees all things being renewed from the center. Jerusalem and all the earth remade. All of creation then brought into Jerusalem's joy, a holy future of shalom, of wholeness, restoration. Much of what is in the world in Isaiah's imagination remains unchanged, And what Isaiah sees in this sanctified moment of imagination is a world that has been drained of its poison. It's a world that has been set right. And on Christian, as Christians, on this Easter Sunday, we believe and we proclaim that it is Jesus who is the one who has brought this future Isaiah can only wonder about into reality. It has come present to him and through him and with him. And let's be clear here, there's a great mystery. Anyone who tries to flatten out what happened on that day just can't be flattened. That's the reason why, in part, there's an Easter season. We're going to spend 50 days celebrating Easter but contemplating the mystery and barely scratching the surface. And so we will come in 2023 to Easter again and in 2024 to Easter again. And we will come to Easter again and again and again until Easter comes in its fullness and we live in the reality we look to. Too often our understanding of Easter are in the words of one theologian, quote, far too accommodating to the world as we know it, unquote. It is true that Jesus was dead, actually dead, not fainting, not pretending, dead and comes back to life. But it is even more than that. Our gospel reading begins this morning with the words, early on the first day of the week, while it was still dark, everyone say dark, while it was still dark, Mary Magdalene comes to the tomb. While it was dark. And this is more, y'all, this is more than John simply wanting you to know what time it is. Easter has happened, but it has happened in the dark. Just as you and I began this day in the dark. Every day begins at 12.01 a.m. And the world is covered in darkness. Easter resurrection the newness of life begins in the dark and we love easter we long for resurrection but the path to resurrection is always through the darkness of life it is always through the events of monday thursday of good friday and holy saturday on good friday just a few days ago we sat in silence following the final reading out uh, following the final reading that night And outside the haven where we were gathered, the door was left open and you could hear cars driving by. You could hear the voices of people and friends on their way to dinner or Fridays after five or wherever it was that they were headed. And there we were, a small group of us sitting in silence, having read the final words of Christ on the cross in silence, waiting. This is what it means to be an Easter people. To wait in the silence, in the dark, in the suffering, under the weight of that hope, waiting for Easter. Because Easter begins in the dark. Our gospel account tells us that Mary comes along with other, uh, another gospel account tells us that Mary comes along with other women to anoint the body of Jesus. They come to mourn the death of their friend, of their rabbi. They come to the tomb weeping. And there's a movement of emotions. They move from weeping to emotions of surprise and confusion. The tomb is empty. The body is gone. Confusion gives way to fear when two angels appear asking them, why do you look for the living among the dead? He is not here. He is risen. Remember what he said to you while he was still in Galilee? And of course, our expectation might be that they go, oh, yeah, duh. But for any of us who have grieved, we know that grief doesn't work that way. Grief is disorienting, as is resurrection. They remember, but they do not fully understand. And so running back to the apostles, they tell the story, but even there, they are not believed. No one is elated. Because in their world, death happens, and there are really no other options. At an empty tomb, it doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense in the reality in which they live. Even the disciples return home. They're amazed, yes, but they return to a world as they know it. Nothing has changed and yet Mary remains. As I told you a couple weeks ago, I think if you wanna know what it looks like to follow Jesus, pay attention to any Mary in the scriptures. Mary remains. John tells us that Mary stood weeping outside the tomb And her tears, these tears of Mary become the seeds in the garden of new creation. Seeds that carry in them a different possibility, a different outcome. In the words of the Hebrew poet in Psalm 126, Restore our fortunes, Lord, like streams in the Negev. For those who sow with tears will reap with songs of joy. Those who go out weeping, carrying seed to sow, will return with songs of joy. Mary sows with her tears and the song of joy that she is about to sing. She bends to look again in the tomb. And again, this is, I think, more than a detail. She bends I'd argue that it's more than just what Mary does. It's instructive because to see, to really see the wonder and the beauty and the goodness and the truth, the reality that Easter both creates and reveals, you and I must bend. To stoop under our ways of seeing the world as we know it, to really look. We must bend, we must turn. The angels ask her, woman, why are you weeping? And suddenly Mary senses in her body a presence behind her. And she turns, she sees Jesus. She doesn't recognize her friend, her beloved, her rabbi. She doesn't know it's him. And in this moment, though she doesn't realize it, reality is beginning to shift and change around her. She is in the presence of the one who she is looking for. And Jesus asks her, woman, why are you weeping? Who are you looking for? I think in this moment, right, she even mistakes him for a gardener. And the gardener who comes asking questions, you and I are meant to think back to the first garden. To our mother Eve, who is asked tender questions by this same tender and merciful and gardening God. God. Creation is being altered in this moment. Mary thinks she's going to take away a corpse, but in her bending, she sees God. She sees the revelation of new creation beyond what even Isaiah could have imagined. Some of you are probably familiar with the name St. John Chrysostom, Uh, John was born in modern-day Turkey around the year 347. In 386, he was ordained a priest by the Bishop of Antioch and would eventually be called to serve as the Archbishop of Constantinople in northern Africa. His nickname was Golden Tongue because of the gift Holy Spirit had given him in his love and use of language, especially in his sermons. And in fact, our sisters and brothers who will gather next Sunday uh, for their Easter um, in the Orthodox tradition read his Easter homily every single year. In fact, their priests and pastors don't write sermons, they just read it because really there isn't a better Easter sermon. And so that's actually how I want to end today. It's very short, but it's incredible. But friends, we have come in from the darkness and we will certainly return to it when we leave. We get but a glimpse in this space every single week of new creation. In this space, we gather to, to see the light, to catch a glimpse, to bend and to catch a glimpse of the light before we enter back in to the darkness of a world not yet set right. But we return as a people who bear witness to the light. The light which, the, which against the darkness cannot stand. This Easter season, there's an invitation to me and to you with Mary to stoop, to bend for 50 days in the darkness that we might see the light. Bend in the midst of a world not yet set right in order to see the one who is making all things new to hear our name, to recognize our elder brother, our friend, our Savior, our Lord, and to run to tell all of God's friends something mysterious, something new is afoot. And what do we see when we stoop? Well, I'll let Chris Awesome take it from here. Are there any who are devout lovers of God? Let them enjoy this fair and radiant and triumphant feast. Are there any wise and grateful servants? Let them rejoice and enter into the joy of their Lord. Are there any who have labored long in fasting? Let them now receive their wages. If any have toiled from the first hour, let them today receive their just reward. If any have come at the third hour, let them with thankfulness keep the feast. If any have arrived at the sixth hour, let them have no misgivings because he too shall sustain no loss. If any have delayed until the ninth hour, let them draw near, fearing nothing. If any have tarried even until the eleventh hour, let them also not be alarmed at his delay. For the Lord who is jealous of his honor will accept the last even as the first. He gives rest unto them who comes at the eleventh hour, even as unto them who wrought from the first hour. And he shows mercy upon the last and cares for the first, and to the one he gives, and upon the other he bestows gifts. He both accepts the deeds and welcomes the attention, and honors and acts and praises the offerings. Wherefore, enter all of you into the joy of our Lord and receive your reward both the first and, the, and likewise the second, you rich, you poor together, hold high festival, you sober and you heedless, honor the day, rejoice today, both you who have fasted and you who have, who have disregarded the fast, the table is fully laden, feast you all sumptuously, the calf is fatted, let no one go hungry away. Enjoy you all the feast of faith. Receive you all the riches of loving kindness. Let no one bewail their poverty, for the universal kingdom has been revealed. Let no one weep for their iniquities, for pardon has shone forth from the grave. Let no one fear death, for the Savior's death has set us free. He that was held prisoner of it has annihilated it. By descending into hell, he made hell captive. He angered hell when it tasted his flesh. And Isaiah foretelling this did cry, hell said he was angered when it encountered you in the lower regions. It was angered for hell was abolished. It was angered for hell was mocked. It was angered for it was slain. It was angered for hell was overthrown. It was angered for hell, it, it was fettered in chains. It took a body and it met God face to face. It took earth and encountered heaven. It took what was seen and fell upon what was unseen. Oh, death. Where is your sting? Oh, hell, where is your victory? Christ is risen, and you are overthrown. Christ is risen, and the demons are fallen. Christ is risen, and the angels rejoice. Christ is risen, and life reigns. Christ is risen, and not one dead remains in their grave. For Christ being risen from the dead is become the first fruits of all who have fallen asleep. To him be glory and dominion unto ages of and to ages of ages. Amen. That friends is an Easter sermon. Thanks be to God. Christ has died, alleluia. Christ has risen, alleluia. Christ will come again, alleluia, amen. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace.